Hello, welcome back to the Disco Slag podcast. Today we are discussing rock, rock and roll. And I have the, the most um, qualified <laughs> rockstress that has ever walked the planet. It is the girl from Lusk. Yeah. Theodora. Where is more rock and roll than Lusk, honestly? Nowhere. It's, it's punk, it's rock, and yeah. it's, it's a little country. Disco slag, more like disco hag. Welcome to Lusk, everyone. <laughs> the disco. Yeah, you can be the disco hag to my disco slag. Amazing. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you very much. There's nobody uh, more well first in life, rock and roll than me. <laughs> this is your big break. I mean, you're finally making it. You know, you're going to be famous after this. You're going to be famous after the hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of listeners are exposed yeah to Miley your... Cyrus will be calling me up after the raving review that I give her she's she's gonna tell evening. you to to get a mullet just like her yeah and I'll listen because it's Miley Cyrus yeah why wouldn't you I mean I would do whatever she told me to and I would do anything right we'll get into that later then <laughs> <laughs> um well okay so basically if you have not been listening to the podcast up until now, which you probably haven't, and by use I mean no one's listening, but um, during February I listened to an album every single day, and today I am talking about rock ones. I can't like I can't just say rock; it has to be like rock, okay. rock and roll. Um, rock is a funny one because I always like thought of rock as like like the rock and roll aspect of it, but like. I've come to realize the majority of rock is severely depressing. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, that's funny that you say that because I was kind of listening over the albums that you told me we were going to talk about. And I was like, every single one of these talks about funeral or sounds like a funeral or literally the album is called funeral. <laughs> we're going to be talking about so much death, so much depression. It's like, I wasn't expecting that. Like Miley Cyrus, apart from her, she's out mm-hmm. doing her own thing. But the rest of them, like you know you know coronavirus we've all been in a bad way but you were just like oh hey come on my podcast but here's the (laughs) albums that we're gonna talk about I was like is he trying to kill me like (laughs) Jesus Christ (laughs) well I didn't think you were going to listen to all of them within like the space of a few hours (laughs) I want to be prepared I am the punk rock chick that was literally dangerous. Like that, yeah, that... you didn't give me a warning. Like, you were like Radiohead. I was like, oh, shit. I haven't, I haven't been mustered the courage to listen to them for years. I'm going back to my fourteen-year-old phase. Here we are. And the the worst part is, it's not even like it's not even a phase you look back at and you're like, God, my music taste was terrible. It was like you look back and you're like, Oh, I was depressed. <laughs> Why didn't I talk about this with someone? Well, here we are. Here we are, we're like, finally talking. Ready. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I think we're going to start off with Radiohead. The Benz. <sighs> Baby's got the Benz. Tio, do you have the Benz? Isn't that like some kind of condition that you get where you're mm-hmm. like extremely dizzy or something like because you're underwater? I don't know. What is it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I looked it up before. I said the Benz was like a mental health illness or something. No, <laughs> it's... <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I don't really get that song because of that. What what does he mean? All of his friends have the bends. Are they maybe they're all underwater? It's very niche. Uh, I don't know because the entire album, it sounds like he's drowning. So that's probably what it is. Um, 
Uh, I really love it though. I've liked that album since like I started listening to them when I was like 14 or something. It's definitely not my favorite one of theirs, but it's one of their best ones in my what, opinion. What is your favorite? Okay Computer. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm an Okay Computer ho. Sorry guys. <laughs> I I feel like I've listened to Okay Computer once and I don't really remember it. So mm. I think I need to give it another chance. This would be like my go-to for them. I'm not like the biggest Radiohead stan. Um, I I kind of only know this album really and Creep. Everyone knows Creep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually know what introduced me to them was Fake Plastic Trees, mm-hmm. which is a song you showed me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for ruining my life. <laughs> but it, I think Fake Plastic Trees, I said it, is one of my favorite songs like ever. Really? Like, I just, oh, I just think it's so, so good. Mm-hmm. And like, for a while, I thought it was like the most depressing song ever. Yeah. Like, there's just something like, and like, it's not even. It's more so like the vibe and the atmosphere that's created as opposed to like anything else in it. It's just like there's something dark about it. And like I still haven't found exactly what it is, but it just does something to me. It's kind of a happy vibe, but it's Radiohead is weird because they're never saying anything like explicitly depressing. Like, you know, a lot of music now, like emo or whatever, they're just kind of saying, I want to kill myself, like straight up. But they're just like seeing they're just seeing like random things that don't make any sense, but you just feel horrible the whole time but you can't stop listening he literally says a green plastic water in can and i'm like you're right a green plastic water in why is that so sad i don't know like why there's there's no explanation the music video for that song no i have not i don't think i want to no it's actually weird because it's very colorful it's very bright but it's like him going down and like someone's pushing him in a trolley and just pushing him for ages and like all these people are passing by him and stuff and like at first you're like what is going on but people think it's like him like going to heaven or the afterlife or whatever so I think it is about death that's here first song death let's see how much time this comes up it's going to be a lot I'm telling you now already um okay so we have one death mark I wish I was good at <laughs> editing so I could put in like a ding every time and like do a count at the end but there I said it before no editing goes into these right I have a piece of paper right here <laughs> <laughs> okay she's she's taking a tally yeah. um I no matter what happens if there was like if uh, someone came in off the street and starts screaming at me during this podcast it would be staying in because I do not know how to edit. <laughs> so everything is staying in and okay, um, some of the songs in this album I feel like kind of like go under the radar for me like I'm looking at them I'm like what is sulk yeah that one's I don't know I don't really know that one that much but my okay. favorite is black star I was gonna ask black star is a great one it is what do you like about it I like like when you listen to what he's saying singing about his partner his girlfriend I think who <clears throat> he said like starts with I'm coming back from work, but you haven't got out your dressing gown yet. I don't, I don't know what to do. He doesn't say it outright, but he's something about how she's depressed. Mm. And he doesn't know, like, what to do about it. Like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. That he loves her so much, but he can't stop all these problems. And all he can do is blame it on a black star or blame it on something else, like going on in outer space, because he doesn't know how to deal with it. It's pretty sad. But it's a beautiful song. So it was one of my top most listened to Spotify songs. Wow. That, that tells you something about me. And I know I'll never be back on this podcast ever again. Listen, 
the podcast is never coming back ever again this is this is it this is literally the last episode like this is yeah it's the death of the podcast oh my god oh death is the number two here we go i didn't know it counted when we talked about it too um do you know what talking about death Mm -hmm. um, let's just get talking about arcade fire oh sweet lord we're gonna start with funeral is that a number three that's definitely it's it's definitely connected um was this your first time listening to this album yeah it was and what did you think i mean we're going to be talking about the suburbs Mm -hmm. later aren't we so the suburbs is one of my favorite albums ever Mm. and because i like it so much i can't say the funeral is even close but it's basically the same theme and a lot of the same like vibes but mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good album and once again he's talking about childhood yeah I think that their first three albums all kind of cover like the same thing which is like basically the suburbs but I feel like they don't start saying the suburbs until the actual album but like the first funeral has like a lot of songs about that the second one and um, neon bible has like a lot of things like where no cars go um and then obviously the suburbs just kind of, I feel like it's like, I almost look at those three albums as like a trilogy and the suburbs is like the climax mm-hmm. to it. Um, I personally prefer Funeral over the suburbs. Really? Um, I feel like the suburbs, it just has so many songs on it that yeah. some of them kind of, I think like Deep Blue is, I like made a list recently for my blog and like Deep Blue is my third favorite song on it. Like it's my third favorite song of all time. I love it so much. It's at the end of my favorite movie, Boyhood. Like it is just like, it's what got me into Arcade Fire, but The Suburbs then is just fantastic. However, I I actually find Funeral to be like a lot more depressing than Why? The yeah. Suburbs. I think that first song, I think it's the first and the last song that like sets it over for me. Like the first song mm. is so depressing. Tunnels, where it's like <laughs> I keep saying like depressing. I mean, like <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's so depressing. But like it is intense. Like the whole thing of like um we remember our bedrooms and our parents' bedrooms. Oh God, what happened to our parents? Like, oh my God, <laughs> like, where are they? <laughs> it just, it tells such a story of like them as kids, like digging tunnels mm-hmm. to each other's rooms, them growing up, forgetting everything, forgetting who they were, where they came from, forgetting like their own parents. Like there's just something so, it's like the, it's, so this is like their first ever album and that's their fir- the first song on the album and it already feels like climactic and apocalyptic and I'm like yeah. guys this is number one <laughs> where do we go from here um, when I listened to the first song I couldn't like you told me it was their first album after I already heard a couple of things I couldn't believe it I thought it was like way in but they just started off like wanted to be sad about their childhood and they're going to die on that rock they're going to yeah. die on it yeah they're, they're, they're still di- going this is the hill they're dying on yeah um and then you have the last song Oh my god. In the backseat. I need to t- tell me what you think about that last song because I have a lot to say. All right. Well, I, I, I also was the same as you that the first and the last songs on that were my favorites. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was kind of like listening to her and I was like seeing where it was going. And then the orchestra part kind of came in. And I was like, oh my God. Like it's like a, it's a, a symphony or what do you call that? Or kind of like a rhapsody for, yeah. for Alpha, I suppose. And I, I think that's what they're all about is, is, um, just like giving their childhood a huge 
I don't know if it's a goodbye or if it's like a requiem singing like a dead dream for their child I don't know what it is but for mm. some reason they capture it so well there's no like it's so hard to tell whether it's like nostalgic like looking back like with fondness or looking back and thinking like this messed me up like I'm messed up now because of all of this <laughs> but in the backseat I so I listened, first heard that song I'd say like six or seven months ago mm. and like the like the like the first time I heard it it just like blew me away and I've been listening to it like a lot ever since but it was literally only the other day that I actually like looked up the lyrics and looked it up on um what's that uh lyric website that everyone Genius. Goes? yes yeah and <laughs> as if the song couldn't get any worse it's like the, the lyrics like and by worse I mean better but, <laughs> um like the lyrics are like repeating but it's kind of like the instrumentals are telling you like like what the, the change is and at the start it's like she's in the backseat looking out at the country because she's like a child and then it talks about Alice died who is the singer's mother Oh no! And it's saying that like the mother died, and there's this lyric about the the leaves being blown into the front seat. <laughs> I saw you take the yes. little back. <laughs> <laughs> but the leaves are blown into the front seat. Her being the leaves, and now like it's like she's been learning to drive. So like in the back, like being raised by like your parents and stuff. Like you were learning to drive, and you've been learning to drive your whole life. Then your parents are gone, and like oh. you are out on your own. Like you have been learning to drive now drive and I like the metaphor itself is already so powerful but when I read that I was like do you know what you've crossed the line do you know what you have crossed that yeah I didn't notice that like when she said I've been learning to drive my whole life I was like mood because <laughs> anybody still can't drive so I thought that was like one for those people that like <laughs> turn like 35 and they still can't drive I was like that's one for me but um <laughs> now I see yeah yeah I I actually saw that on your Twitter that you posted. Oh yes. And I just love that like it's it's mad because she uses the same lyrics at the start and the end, but like the way the instrumentals change changed the meaning of the lyrics. And I just yeah. think like when artists can do something like that and do it like so well, I'm just like standing ovation, applause, use use of one. Well yeah. done. Um this album also has one of their most famous songs, Wake Up, which like you would you'd like hear that playing in like a shopping center very infrequently, but sometimes. Um I'm not sure I know it. Which one is that? It is I actually don't even remember how it goes, like off the top of my head, but okay. it, it is like one of their most well known ones. And as well, the Uni Ani Sans Lumiere. I'm fluent. I mean, a, a year without uh, light. Ah. I think. Una Ani Sans Lumiere. That's also a very well known one. Yeah. And I didn't know how to pronounce it. So there you go. <laughs> a year without light. Um, the suburbs, yeah. though. I feel like this is like, mm -hmm. this is your hunting ground. My hunting ground. Oh, I don't know what. Maybe it's because now I'm just like back living in the suburbs because of coronavirus but I literally I couldn't that's the one album I wouldn't listen to again like you told me to because I was like I don't have the strength to do it I just can't with this it's just so because I think it's so interesting that you know most most people when they're singing about their youth they're always singing about like their adolescence you know 
mm. but they don't think about because they're talking about being kids like playing chase you know playing all these kids games and stuff like that that you don't really think about anymore but actually it seems like those things have shaped you more actually than your adolescence you know yeah. being, being a young child and for some reason we forget about it but they just like they gave all these albums to these such small moments of our childhood that we we always like we've forgotten about them like you said thinking about our parents bedrooms or our friends bedrooms that we used to go like hang out with or like these games you play out on the road as a child and just these really small memories and you can't really tell if they're singing about they're he's singing about it in a sad way mm-hmm. but I don't know why he's singing about it in such a sad way you know but it, it, it is something that's sad and it just seems like it felt like you're from like the age of you know zero to twelve you felt like you were alive for like a hundred years like mm-hmm. your life went so slowly yeah. and you were experiencing things so much more intensely than you are now but for some reason you know we forget about it so I just like that he kind of gave this moment like, for all these small things you know of uh, being a child that we've forgotten about mm. that is really nice I never really looked at it that way I kind of I feel like they they talk about those moments and they also do talk about the more like adolescent moments and like almost being at the point where like they're about to leave mm. the suburbs and I feel like it was always those moments that kind of resonated with me the most in mm. this album. Um, I haven't left the suburbs that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here my whole life um but like oh just the suburb song first of all mm-hmm. is just like perfection but it's sad in but with upbeat instrumentals and I'm like okay fine whatever (laughs) and then they decide to make the suburbs continued yeah stop I I that triggers me I can't listen to that song it's ghostly it's it's from hell I don't know He, he, he brought that from the depths of hell and put it on this earth and now it's going to be here forever and it's like just this song is going to be haunting you like he didn't have to do that he didn't have to make this song that was already sad but you're like you know what the lyrics are sad but at least the instrumentals are like Mm -hmm. a bit upbeat like i could listen to this like and not have to be sad and then he threw that in and i was just like do you know what you you deserve nothing oh my god mr arcade fireman but everything we don't even know his name we don't even want to know. No, I was You've actually, hurt us so much. I was looking them up earlier, and I was like, "No, I don't want to know." About yeah, this. It's like a mystery. <laughs> I was like, "Cause imagine like you end up reading about them, and they're like, they grew up in the city, and they're just using your childhood trauma against oh you my for God. no reason." I don't want. To, I don't want. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see it. This is actually Japanese from an upper middle class town. I wouldn't want to know that either. No, like, like, and they just know how to write really good songs. They had like a conversation with a man in the in a bar once who was from the suburbs, and they're like, "Okay, keep telling me more. I'm gonna write a whole but album." Yeah, the council estate. <laughs> you don't know what a council estate is. Um, suburban war is another really great one. We used to wait. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love Rococo. Me I love too. City with No Children in it. Modern Man, Ready to Start. Mm. It, it's just good song after, after good, good song. song. Indeed. But Deep Blue, it, it, it takes the cake for me. That's just such a beautiful song. And after the the movie, Boyhood, just perfect. When so that perfect. comes in straight away after the ending of that movie, mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to do in my life. I was crying. I don't even know why I was crying. <laughs> It wasn't like I don't know why I just cried so much at the end of that movie. 
yeah when that song came on yeah yeah it was just oh like every time shivers down my spine what um did you cry when she said i thought there would be more yeah i and i still think about that i can't look patricia arquette in the eye because of this. <laughs> all the opportunities you get to look at patricia arquette in the eyes can't look at her like I follow her on Twitter but every time I'm like she's really cool you know she's a real activist every time I hear her something all I think about is that scene and I'm like what is the point of going on you know she had you know she got her career she got a good job and then she was sitting there in her empty kitchen alone being like I thought there was more and you know what that's going to be us one day <laughs> it is it literally is I'm not even afraid to say it I think the key is to just not have kids she was most sad when her kids went away. I mean, she was happy when her kids were there in the movie. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Oh, no. Oh, God. Like that. Oh, God. That scene. Mm. And then, like, take scenes like that and then add Deep Blue to the end of that. Mm. You, like, that's not the, well, that's, like, the most powerful scene in it. But, like, there's bits like that all throughout the movie. And then you decide to put Deep Blue in the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that man was trying to make me do, that director, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know why he had to do this to us. But he did. And... Do perfect I forgive him? For yeah. It's the perfect song to put at the end of that film. Yeah, it really is. And I'm so glad he found it. Me too. I'm, I'm just so happy. The Suburbs actually won a Grammy for like best album, which Did I was it? so, yeah, I was so surprised because what? like, they're like Arcade Fire aren't like overly well known. And like, no. you know, they're not like the most mainstream, but it was just so good that like <laughs> they won. The Grammy is actually doing something right for once in their life. Actually give it to deserved person, people. Imagine that happening. Imagine. Um, The next album I want to talk about is this one. So it does, it's technically not actually rock, but um, I put it in this because it didn't really fit in anything else. But that Mm -hmm. is Both Men's Call Mm -hmm. by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. What, what what do you think? I love Nick Cave. I love him so much. I love the way he writes. And Nick Cave writes music for the female gaze. And I'm saying that for real. He does. He has a whole song in that album talking about his wife or his girlfriend. I don't know. Her Just her hair. A whole song just talking <laughs> about her beautiful black hair. And he's like, hair of black beauty dark black beautiful hair hair of blackness darkness the whole song is just about her hair it's like oh my god he paid so much imagine how much she has to just be looking at only her hair to write that whole song the color and like describing the smell like the weight of her hair it's like (laughs) this man's paying attention she's like excuse me sir my eyes are up here he's looking at her hair the whole time excuse me my eyes are down here I love, just, I love him. I love, I love to, what he writes. He's trying to realize his dream of being a hairstylist. What can, <laughs> what can we say? Um, this album is fantastic. Yeah. I love I love the songs like that. That's like, like he knows how to write like really powerful and deep, but also there's the one I remember. Do you remember when I was like, oh, he wrote a song about yeah. a cat. Yeah, I <laughs> the song was just not about a cat. There was one line in it. Yeah, about this girl with a fat cat or something. Yeah. And you were like, wait for it, it's coming. <laughs> the whole time, all five minutes, I was like, no, it's coming. I know I know this song is about a cat. No. Um, that one's in it. But I feel like, for me, 
the two standouts of this are Into My Arms mm -hmm. and People Ain't No Good. Yeah. Into In My Arms was my most listened to song of 2019 on my Spotify. Wow. Yeah. It, it's it was actually it was number five on my favorite songs mm -hmm. um of all time. And that is because it is just it's just it's so simple. Yeah. There's like there's nothing like grand or like huge about any of it. <laughs> and yet it is just so it's literally just like a love song. Yeah. But I love sorry go on just whatever he manages to do with it just like sets it over the edge i like how he he's not he like in that song he says he's not religious and stuff but i really like how he uses like religious um terminology he sings mm. about always like heaven about god and angels things like that and it just he does it in a way that's like just really like it's really beautiful and really peaceful and gracious the way he's using all these terms and it just makes you feel really calm you know and i just i love it i love the way he writes I too love the way he writes. One of his songs is has my favorite lyrics that I've ever heard. And it's from the Ghostine album that I I've urged you not to listen to. Don't do it. To How many honest. times am I gonna have to get on this? <laughs> well, talking about this album, you're probably gonna run out of space on the paper because oh I'm not gonna talk about the album. I didn't listen to it during the February album event, but there's the lyric in the song where it's like it's like what does it say it's like he's using like him and his like his family as like a metaphor for um the um the tree bears and he's like we've aged a lifetime um mama bear uh has the remote papa bear just floats and baby bear has gone to the moon on a boat like i can't i can't handle it i just can't yeah it's just too much for anyone oh. listening that doesn't know any cave son died, probably singing about that. Yes. Go on. Put your little dash on the paper five. there. I saw you looking We're at on it. Five. Yeah. Five. We're <laughs> only on five. Wow. Yeah. Um, but back to the album at hand. Mm -hmm. Um, did you recognize People Ain't No Good from anywhere? Um, of course, because isn't it on the most iconic soundtrack <laughs> of any movie that's ever been made in the history of cinematography, cinematic, cinematic, cinematic history? Yes. yes yes it is <laughs> it's right in there and i was listening to this album and i started playing and i was like what are you doing here get out of here i didn't even know that was nick cave yeah but i just i just i was taken straight back to that moment of the 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 bar scene in shrek 2. it's See? stuck from shrek's point of view because he's an ogre he's thinking about humans <laughs> Oh yeah, and he'd like he turned yeah. into a man and that oh my god, people just are no good. POV, you're Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am Shrek. Oh my god, no. Um it's funny because I'm looking at the songs in this album. We have black hair, but we also have green eyes. Is that a song just all about the eyes? The green eyes? Your eyes are green, they are black, <laughs> there's some he just paid so much attention to detail. I just, I like how he writes about love. I don't know what love is. I don't know if I've ever felt it in my life, but I can just say, I wish in one day I'll feel love the way that Nick Cave feels love for his partner, person, or if he's married or whatever, his wife, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that would be ideal. Imagine having someone love you that much. 
No, I can't. Sorry. No, me neither. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Let's go to Miley Cyrus. This is I threw this one kind of in, not as a joke. Like this is this is Miley's attempt at rock. And you know what? It's the only one on this list that is not just one hundred percent soul crushing. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a change of mood for sure. <laughs> there's um, there's some there's some sadder songs in. in there. <laughs> There's no, there's no, there's no soul crushing, but there's some sadder ones. I really like this album. What do you think? I like it a lot, and I really, I have no idea how long Miley Cyrus has been planning to come out with this new look, this new sound. But like, I feel like she, I feel so happy for her because I, I was like a Hannah Montana stan when I was mm-hmm. like eleven, and I remember when she, remember, I don't know if you remember, like she cut her hair. Mm-hmm. like short and like bleached the blonde and, and people went magazines. against her how dare they yeah when when everyone was reading magazines and stuff like before you know social media was like i don't know really popular but and everyone was like oh my god Miley Cyrus is desecrated herself this is crazy and she's like i just i like how i look like i'm happy how i am guys this is the real me i'm not this fake character that everyone's been watching and like nobody could understand and i feel like she thought like in that moment when she did that she should have got the praise she's getting now but the world just wasn't ready for her. No. You know? So I just love, I'm just really happy for her. I feel like she is being who she is, you know, with her sexuality, her personality, her music and everything. And I feel like she's finally who she was if she wasn't like a child star, you know, and people didn't push her, you know, the industry in a certain direction. Mm. The music she was making before, she's really being what she wants to be. And I was like, well, like, I didn't know Joan Jett was on this album with her. And I was like, she's so like Joan Jett, like 2021. And Joan Jett has a... um She's featured in her song, which is on my favorite one, Bad Karma. That's your favorite on the album, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I love it. I love John Jett. I love her. I love everything about this. Girl power, rock female, rock star power. Like she just brought it back. You know, what I'm ready. I'm ready for what's next for Miley Cyrus and what she's brought. What do you think? And I love what she referenced. I love that she put Heart of Glass in there, you know, reference to Blondie, strong female in rock. She did Zombie for um Dolores O'Riordan, like mm-hmm iconic female rock star she did edge of midnight with stevie nicks like yeah. what what bigger female rock star is there yeah. than stevie nicks yeah she brought like, them all out and then because they're, they're very old so they're... <laughs> <laughs> so go on put your little dash down go on you know you want it you brought it up um i really i think the fact that she went out there and made a rock album, like, it just makes sense. You know, Miley Cyrus doing a rock album is everything we all needed and we just didn't know it. Um, I I was the same as you when she kind of went through that phase. It was like around 2014, I think, um, of like 2013, 14, when she like cut her hair, was being crazy. Like, it was fun you know like it was she she was like she was trying to like just stir up like she was trying to stir shit up and she was trying to you know like get people speaking and you know people roasted her and people were they were sexist they were terrible but she thrived and then when she came out with the album after that i think it's called um younger now um where it was kind of like I loved that because it was like I've kind of I've grown from there but like she didn't like regret it and then this was the first album since then and she just she has completely found who she is as an artist I think 
um, and I think it took like a bit of time to find it but this album is just fantastic I love Plastic Hearts the, the song Angels Like You is fantastic I love Nightcrawling Prisoner with Dua Lipa is really good Midnight Sky like there's just there's so so many good songs in this album I love Golden G String as well <laughs> it's, just, it's just silly um but i think my favorite is actually the the um midnight sky remix edge of midnight with stevie um i just think i just think it's great and i love what miley is doing i'm excited to see what else she has coming it'll probably be a few years i hate like artists take so long to come out with new albums now <laughs> Except Ariana Grande, she's like, oh here, God. have two a year. Except Lana Del Rey, she's on the ball. Oh yeah, apparently. Well, <laughs> she's yeah. coming out with a new one. We'll see. <laughs> we'll That's see, awesome. first of June. It'll, it's going to be first of June and all the Lana stands are going to be there. Like, she releasing it, like, as if, like, you haven't been clowned around enough. I am once again asking you to wait an extra one year for me to release <laughs> my album. When I promised a year ago. She said, she said June 1st. She didn't say what year. That's, oh my God. There's a loophole in the system. That's what she's going to keep doing. February 2nd, everybody. And we're just like, fucking when? February La- 2nd, when? Lana's going to come out with her February 29th, <laughs> February 31st, someday. <laughs> Lana's going to be, um, you know, those Futurama head jars. <laughs> entire, like, the celebrities in the jars. She's going to be like the year 3041. <laughs> June 4th, 2041. Hey guys, I as promised, I'm delivering my album today. (laughs) It took me 12 years, but here (laughs) is uh, nine songs. You know, I usually do 14, but you can take the nine this time. Um, Okay, I wanted to leave this till the end. Do you know what's coming? Jeff. Jeff. May he rest in peace, rest his soul. He had. He would be one of the biggest artists of our time. He would have been. He was alive. It's. I just think his story is so sad. Like he had the biggest potential of like any artist ever. Ever. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Like in terms of like artists who never got to like realize their potential. Mm. Um. Because he was literally just starting. Like, he had a single album. Was he 27 when he died as well? Was he 27? No, I'm going to Google. Because he was a 27th kid. Who else was 27? Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison. Janis Joplin's dead? Janis Joplin has been dead. Janis Oh, my God. Let me see when she died. What? No. Janis Joplin. She died in 1970. Like, come on. <laughs> I just thought she was still kicking it. Like, oh, she died at 27. I don't know how. Kurt Cobain, I think, as well. He died at 27. No, he died at 30. Jeff, anyway. He's my friend. Oh, Jeff died at 30, did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's not part of the 27 club. I cannot believe that she's dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's been dead for a very long time. Like, she's been dead for like 30 years since before you were born, literally. <laughs> oh, my God. Literally. Yeah. 28 years before I was born. Well, there you go. You learn something new every day. <laughs> anyway, how many strikes is that on the death list? Oh, wait, shit. Uh, at least uh, at least, at least four years. I'd say um, we're on about 11 now. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Grace. Grace by Jeff Buckley. 
Had you ever listened to the full album? Um, I listened to most of them. There was a few songs I didn't hear. And did you listen to the like extended version that has like um Mama You've Been on My Mind or anything? No. Um, I know that song, I don't know what other songs on. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't really listen to that version as much, but again, just for that song. Um, but I love this album so much. Mm-hmm. It some of the like before we get to the real highlights <laughs> um i mean i love grace i love last goodbye i love so real eternal life and forget her they're probably and corpus christi carol actually it was oh one God. that i like <laughs> looked past a lot um until it came on in my car once and i was like this is beautiful he's like a little choir boy singing that song dude i had no idea he had the capacity to sing that high-pitched Oh my, like, it was crazy. What are some of your highlights on this album? Right, well, before we get into (laughs) the real deal, I have to say this album has, like, some of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Before I say it's number one, (laughs) we'll say, of course, Forget Her, I think, is so beautiful. And he's he's famous more, like, for Hallelujah. That's one that everyone kind of knows him for. Mm. And also, Mama, You've Been On My Mind one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. So those are both covers, but he wrote, you know, Forget Her. Mm. I think it's so beautiful. And Hallelujah, like so many people have covered Leonard Cohen's song. You know, it's just because it's so beautifully written, but Leonard Cohen, he doesn't yes, have like, He doesn't have the voice. He doesn't have the more, range. Yeah, he's more of a poetry, you know, speaking poetry. You know, I hope he doesn't curse me now because he's died recently. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say like Leonard Cohen coming to haunt me, but he... His way of singing, yeah, it's, it's more like speaking. And so many mm. people have tried to cover his song, you know, but nobody will do it like Jeff Buckley covered that song. Hallelujah. Bye. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just agreeing with you. Hallelujah. Um, it's so, it is incredible. Mm. And it, oh my God, when it starts and he does that like mm. sigh. Yeah. And shivers. Shivers. <laughs> every single time I just like, I just, I just um okay yeah i can't say that okay just on the off chance my lecturers are listening but um i like it <laughs> okay i understand what you mean i like it a lot yeah um it's just, just a, it's perfect it's a perfect song it really is and he just does it he delivers it perfectly but speaking of perfect songs mm-hmm. i think this is the perfect way to you know uh-huh. end this this mm-hmm. podcast we have to talk about <laughs> lover mm-hmm. you should have come over that is my favorite song of all time and you stole that song from me as well I'm sorry you did i said to him how many years ago i sent you that song like at least like the first time i sent you i was like this is the best song i've ever heard in my life lover you lover you should have come over and he was like oh yeah it's cool and then, like, late, I was like, when I die, the song's gonna be playing on my funeral. Like, this is my funeral song. That was, that was like, that was probably like five years ago, though. Like, mm-hmm. that, like, you sent me that when I was still, like, I, I wasn't like listening to music like this. Mm-hmm. And so, forgive me for my first reaction. <laughs> I forgive you for that, but don't forgive me for fucking stealing my, my funeral song. It sounds yours as well. And it was like, who's copied who, you know? Well, okay, then I'll make sure to die after you. Jesus. Okay, d- die. 15 now. 
I I have you see I don't want to just play one though like for me it's like one of a few so it's going to be more dramatic at yours like calm down oh okay fine I'll make such a big deal <laughs> of my last like moments like of anyone thinking about me don't be making such a big deal <laughs> but I mean it's like <laughs> I hate to say this to you but it's also it, it's literally like my favorite song and thank you for for showing me it because <laughs> it is it's the most flawless song i've ever heard in my life yeah, me too. um it is like if i give anything else a 10 like no other song deserves a 10 if this is a 10 yeah a song can be like a 9.9 and 9.8 but a 9.99 mm -hmm. If if this is what ten is, then nothing else yeah. reaches it. It's a ten. The, it's just a ten. everything, everything about it. The organ at the start. The the <laughs> does that count as that? <laughs> well, he's, the song starts off with him in about with him singing about a funeral. A funeral, yeah. Yeah, he's singing Looking about at the funeral mourners. Yeah. Um, and just the way the song builds, like, and there's just so many lines in it that like just sting and like stick with you and then I remember you saying to me as well just like how perfect the ending is because like yeah. it ends with hope yeah yeah because he's singing about ultimately the whole album is kind of a heartbreak album he's singing about the end of a relationship mm. but for me it didn't just feel like the first time I heard it like before I even listening to the lyrics it just felt like he was encapsulating like a whole entire human life from birth to death. Mm. <laughs> it just felt like it starts off so sweet, you know, and he's singing, even though he's singing about a funeral, it's like the, the sound is really sweet and it carries so softly. And then it gets, you know, it builds more and it's more and more painful as it goes on as well. He, he becomes, he sings with so much pain, you know, she's a tear that hangs inside my soul forever. That line, that, every time. That's like, you're dead, like you're dead right in saying that like it's not it it can't just be about love like it's so much mm -hmm. more than that like that like i think in this case like love is like it's a metaphor or an allegory for like much much bigger things and mm -hmm. that line of like she's the tear that hangs inside myself forever like that's not just about a person that's like about like experiences that's about like the things that like have like shaped us and like changed us and like like any like bits of like disaster or trauma or whatever and, like the things that just are like hanging in us forever like that line is so powerful um and the line um what is it it's never over that of course there's also of course the um the blah 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 blah, 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 blah. um i maybe i'm just too young to keep good love from going wrong mm -hmm. uh, but um my kingdom for a kiss upon the shoulder mm. like when it gets to that part of the song where he's like he's like using all these like metaphors and like imagery it, it just gets into it and it is the most perfect songwriting that like i have ever seen i want to get these lyrics up and just just read them because if someone if someone is listening out there it's very unlikely um but if they are then like listen to these lyrics and tell me you don't want to go and listen to this song <sighs> where are we this is just turning into a jeff buckley appreciation <laughs> night 
okay my body turns and yearns for a sleep that won't ever come it's never over my kingdom for a kiss upon her shoulder it's never over all my riches for her smile when i slept so soft against her it's never over all my blood for the sweetness of her laughter it's never over she's the tear that hangs inside myself forever but maybe i'm just too young to keep good love from going wrong I don't even know what to say. I'm just speechless. He said it all. He, he, also, he said it all. His line where he says, too young to hold on, too old to just break free and run. You know, it's like you've reached that weird part of your life where you don't know what to do. You're confused, not only with love, but your entire life. And mm -hmm. you're wondering, am I too, which part, like, are you too young to start something new, but you feel too old to let things go? I just love it. I feel like he's seen a whole human life and in the crescendo at the end of him just kind of screaming wherever he's <laughs> just singing louder and louder until it goes softly at the end. I just thought it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. It is the perfect song and it is the perfect way to round out this episode. Theo, thank you so much for joining me. Thank um, you for me. We uh, mentioned death 18 times. 18? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was more, but we talked about it so casually that I never really know when to count it, you know, formally. It, 18 times mm -hmm. you know who wouldn't like that yeah. james charles <laughs> <laughs> that's one year too many and at that thank you all so much for listening to the disco slide podcast and um, i think this is going to be the last episode so listen it's been a journey um and if anyone actually did listen and made it to the end, send me a hate comment. And um, I'll know, <laughs> I'll know that you listened. Um, listen, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.